0: Welcome to the Pursuit Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. We believe in being real about what the Bible says, simple in how we convey it, and intentional in how we pursue Him. Amen, amen. Well, it seems we got like some new faces in old places in the, in the old, old chapel. Next week we'll be at Sorrell Chapel. Come on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, now nah, it's, uh, it's just kind of crazy how God works and uh, man, just last, last year, last semester, we were in this room, and it was like half full most of the time. And it's crazy to think that this whole room is pretty much full, and that's all, all, God, all glory to God on that one. So let's give him a hand for that, because he is blessing Pursuit Ministries. Amen. Well, if you don't know who I am, um, some of you probably don't, and that's okay, because I don't know you either. Um, so, that's fine, we can get to know each other right now. Um, my name's Graham Haney, I'm from Eufaula, Alabama, yeah, that's E-town, um, yeah, that's, okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, a lot of y'all are probably like, oh, this kid looks a little bit familiar, and that's probably right. I, I work on the media team back there, so shout out to them, because they do a lot of behind the scenes work that uh, sometimes doesn't go, uh, doesn't get noticed, so uh, they're not going unnoticed today, So. Davis and John, Stephen, and Logan, and uh, Ryan, thank you for uh, all y'all do, um, but I look familiar because I'm Chase's younger brother, so uh, you're probably like, oh, like, that's how I know who this kid looks like, and if you don't think we look alike, well, um, I hope you're complimenting me uh, on that, so that's fine, um, but uh, I grew up in a, a small town, uh, Ufall is just kind of a small town, you yeah, know, just kind of like Troy, we just don't have a university, we just have a lake, and that's Not a lot of fun sometimes, but uh, I grew up in in a great Christian home. I had great parents who, uh, who loved me and who always took care of me and and brought me up in the right way. And uh, you know, so it's just it's just kind of crazy that uh, out of all the places in the world where I'd end up on a Thursday night, September the twentieth of two thousand eighteen, it'd be in this room in Pursuit. It's just kind of crazy. It just shows how much God works because. As some of y'all were, Troy probably wasn't my first school, but God worked things out, and he's like, "No, this is where I want you, and here we are. So, uh, tonight we're going to be uh, reading Scripture from uh, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 6. we can get it up there, maybe, if I don't lose my Bible. There we go. Alright, so, uh, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 6, and... Verse 16. I'll give you all a second. We are turn there. Um, this is uh, known as the vine and the branches. And uh, this is uh, before Jesus was betrayed and before he died on the cross. But we still know that he is the I am uh, that lives forever. But uh, verse 1 goes like this it says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit. He prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Either can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5. It says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. That's Jesus talking. It says, I am the vine, and we're the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And verse 6. If you do... Not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. And we'll skip down to verse 16. He says, you not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Let's pray. God, in this moment, we are just humbled by your presence. We just thank you for uh, all you do for us and all you... Do in us and work through us, and Lord, we just know that uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Your Son, who paid the ultimate price for us. And we just think we're thankful for that. And uh, we just thank You for working our lives and molding us and uh, cleaning the things that we don't need in it—just clean them out—and so we can be better servants and better disciples of You. Lord, we uh, know that uh, You're always with us and that You'll never forsake us. But oftentimes we're the ones that leave You, God. We just pray that uh, this year that we, wouldn't, that we wouldn't be the ones that left you, that we would just uh, keep following after you and keep close to you. In uh, Jesus' name I pray, amen. So growing up in a small town, we didn't have a movie theater, so we didn't really go see movies that often, and so I didn't grow up as like a big movie kind of guy, so I didn't see every single Star Wars or you know every single like great movie that's ever been out just because we just didn't feel like driving an hour to go see one. But I did have three, three, like, I don't even know what to call them. They're just like legendary in my book. But three, uh, three movies that just really, I don't know, I just, I loved them. And I watched them every single day, usually, you know, three, four times a day, especially in the summertime, whenever we weren't in school and, uh, you know, had time off. I would literally watch these, 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 uh, <laughs> these movies all day. And they were, the three of them were, the first one was, uh, the Little Rascals. Anybody in here like The Little Rascals? Okay, I know some of you are saved. Uh, the second one was uh, The second one was Elf. That's my Christmas movie. So if you want to be friends with me, Elf is where we got to go. But uh, Elf is I, I would watch Elf during the summertime, and I'm not ashamed of that. Um, so it's okay to always like have Christmas even when it's not Christmas. So uh, I, I always I watch those two, and I can pretty much like quote like every word from them, but uh, my favorite one when I was growing up was The Sandlot, and if you've never seen The Sandlot, then I guess we're just not friends, Um, so yeah, but The Sandlot, if you've never seen it, I'm kind of going to ruin it for you, because it's a, uh, it's just a classic, man, it's so good, but uh, I grew up loving baseball, and so I just, The Sandlot was perfect, Um, but if you haven't ever seen The Sandlot, it's about a, a boy named Smalls, who's uh, a new kid in town, he moves uh, across the country to uh, a new town and like two weeks of school left and um, so he he tries to make new friends and he doesn't really have enough time to make friends for the summertime, um, but there's this group of uh, guys that play baseball every day throughout the summertime at the Sandlot and he gets to know them and starts hanging out with them and they get into all kind of trouble and, uh, and yeah, but uh, they uh, they always they always could have like one baseball, and I mean nowadays you buy like baseballs in like a bucket, but I guess you couldn't back then. So you bought one baseball at a time, and you could only play with one baseball for the day. And uh, so whenever somebody hit a home run or busted the ball or they lost it or whatever, they couldn't play anymore. So uh, they had the one ball, and one day Smalls was like, you know, you know, somebody hit a home run and you know or busted the ball or whatever, but. uh, Smalls is like, I got a ball at my house that we can use, and uh, it was like, oh yeah, well, you know, what are you doing standing here? Go get it. Why didn't you bring it like beforehand? But uh, he goes and gets it off his stepdad's trophy case and uh, brings it back, and they're like, well, since you, you know, since you brought the ball, you can hit first. And uh, I was like, yeah, Smalls about to prove something right here. And uh, first two pitches, strike one, strike two. He wasn't. He barely hit air with his swings. So uh, the third pitch, he. Uh, you know it's going to be like home run because he threw the pitcher throws it and he hits it and then like they zoom in on it and so you can like read the name on the baseball and it says uh, babe ruth you know so sign babe ruth ball and uh, he you know hits it and it's like oh that one's gone and so everybody's going crazy for him and he rounds first and goes to second and then just continues to run into the outfield um, like he was playing t-ball or something and runs to the outfield and um, they were like, you know, as you should home run like you're supposed to go to third base. And he was like, you don't understand that. That's not my ball. That's my dad's ball. That's my stepdad's ball. And they were like, it's just a baseball, man. It's not a big deal. Um, but he was like, no, it, it's signed by Baby Ruthie. And uh, they were like, uh, that was like the pinnacle of the movie. Like he was trying to prove that he loved baseball. But um, he hit over the fence and um, there was Mr. Myrtle and his mean dog, Hercules. Um, were there and every time they hit a ball over he would uh, they couldn't they couldn't play anymore because they were scared of the dog and scared of Mr. Myrtle and they long story short they come up with a lot of contraptions to try and get the ball back which you know they eventually do but it's been you know at the end of the movie they they go up to Mr. Myrtle and they're like you know hey we brought your dog back because he escaped and he was like I had no escape. And so they're like, he was like, if you would have, you know, came to me, I would have gotten you the ball back. And they were like, oh, we're so stupid. Like, why would you do that? Um, but they, they just didn't, uh, they didn't use the connection they had with uh, Mr. Myrtle. They didn't have a connection, but they, it would have been so much simpler if they would have just gone to Mr. Myrtle and said, hey, can we get our ball back? But I guess that's what makes it a good movie is them not doing that. Um, but that kind of relates back to our scripture a little bit is uh, that, you know, When it talks about the vine and the branches, you know, Jesus is he says he is the vine and we are the branches. We're connected to him and and, and the father is the gardener, God is the gardener over the vineyard, and we are connected to the vine, which is connected to the gardener. And so he's the connection. And you're kind of like, Man, what does that what does that mean? Um, if we're gonna be the if we're gonna have that connection with Jesus and we're gonna get pruned by the gardener, what do we have to do to be? better branches, to grow and bear more fruit. Um, When I was thinking about it, I was was kind of thinking, you know, in life, we're often involved in things that, you know, they bear fruit, but it's just temporary fruit. It's, you know, one-time deal. It's a hit or miss. You know, if it's a good thing, great, but it's not often uh, for God's glory. It's just kind of for our satisfaction in that. But uh, whenever we're involved in something, we, we need to make sure that it speaks life into us. It doesn't speak life out of us. That's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, good. That's, a good, that's a good preacher style right there. Um, so whatever we, we need to make sure that we're involved in things that preach life into us, not preach life out of us. And, uh, and that, that takes time. You know, honestly, we, we have to do a heart check. You know, it, some things are, you know, ah, oh, yeah, in the moment we're, even some ministries, it's like, yeah, in the moment, like, I'm growing here. I'm really nurturing. I'm about to bear fruit. But oftentimes, it might deceive you in some ways. And it it just, yeah. Uh, Make sure we're involved in things that breathe life into us and not take it out of us. Because in our our, our day, there's so many things that want to pull us away from the Word of God and not push us to the Word of God. So make sure we're involved in things like that. Um, Another thing, uh, whenever I was reading it, it, it says a lot in in John 15 it says I am I am I am and I was thinking I was like you know what does, what does that really mean like who is what is I am why does he keep saying that he is the like the vine like that doesn't make any sense but he he is the vine and whenever he says I am that doesn't mean that he was then it means that he was then he is now and he forever will be because whenever he says that he is the vine he says I am the vine he also said that uh I am who I am. He's the one that delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. He's the one that broke their chains and said, brought them to freedom, he, he part of the Red Sea. And uh, in John chapter 8, verse 24, it, it says, That is why I said to you, when you die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. You know, God promises life to us, He promises life. More abundantly when we trust and when we believe in Him. Because we're given this life. We're, we're not earned, we haven't earned it, but we're given this life right here. But He's saying, if you trust in the vine, if you abide in the vine, you'll have life and you'll have it more abundantly with eternal life. You know, in, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, uh, Moses said to God, He said, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is His name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, "I am who I am." In verse fifteen, God says, "This is my name forever; the name you should call me from generation to generation." So in Exodus, God says that I am who I am, and He says that I am will forever be. So this saying, "I am," whenever He says, "I am the true vine," that's the same I am that set the Israelites free out of Egypt. You know, God has has no beginning. He has no end, but He is the God of today, so we need to trust Him in that. You know, God, God has forever existed. Uh, whenever we try and uh, grow closer to God and, and grow with God and abide in the vine, you know, faithfulness is kind of difficult because we oftentimes get distracted or uh, pushed away or we, we sometimes even doubt what, what God has planned for us, and, uh, you know, I'm guilty of that. You know, it, you know, just kind of not seeing things in the long run. I mean, I've done lots of things, and it's like, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that, or I've done things that I was like, man, you know, maybe that's a good thing that I, I wasn't involved in that, or I got, you know, you know separated from that. Um, but in the, in the long run, uh, God showed me that, you know, maybe that was, that was the right thing was for me not to be in that. But the path of faithfulness is difficult, but I'm willing to experience that difficulty, to experience the pain that's involved with it, to experience the grace in the end of it. So band, uh, y'all can come back up here. I'm, I'm not here to preach for a long time. I'm here to you know, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the, let's uh, go to our first point. So if you haven't really been paying attention or kind of was confused by what I said, we're going to break it down into these things. Uh, when the gardener prunes us and he cleans us, he's doing that to enrich our lives. In uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 4 through 6, it says, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you completely forgotten the word of encouragement that addresses you as a father, addresses his son. It says, My son, do not make light in, of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he corrects you. Because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, and he humbles everyone he accepts as his son. Whenever the gardener prunes us, whenever God is shaping us and maybe taking things out of our life that He doesn't want there, uh, He isn't doing that to to punish us or to say, you know what, you just can't have friends that are in in these things. He's saying, you know, I want to make your life more abundant. I want you to bear more fruit. I want you to bear fruit that will last in the long run, not the temporary fruit that we often strive for. The second one, we cannot grow unless we're connected to something that gives life, man. That's powerful. Uh, if we're not connected to to God, I thought I was a fire alarm. I'm sorry. I, that kind of creeped me out. I was, yeah, okay. That's right. We got to keep going. We got to keep going. We can't stop here. Um, Yo, know, a relationship. Hello. Okay. A relationship with with Jesus Christ, with God the Father, is what allows us to spiritually grow. And the process of sanctification, growing in faith every day to be more like Jesus and more like, uh, more like God the Father. Whenever you uh, see small branches, they're, they're, really, they're usually really thin. And whenever you try and break them or snap them, they just snap pretty quick. But uh, with big branches, it, it's, hard, it's hard for them to snap. You almost got to get some, some loppers or some clippers to, to break them. That's kind of how our faith needs to be. Whenever we uh, first grow and we first get connected uh, to the vine through the Father, our faith is small. Our faith isn't very thick. So whenever those storms come, it pushes us over pretty easy. But whenever we grow in faith and weather those storms, our limbs, our branches become thicker, our become stronger, so that whenever we face those trials and tribulations and that weather, that that we can stand through it. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. Help us spread the word by writing and sharing this podcast.